is the Hopebound Podcast, and I'm your host, Danielle. But this podcast isn't about me, it's about you. Good morning. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is part three of a three part interview that we have done with Melissa talking about postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression and getting through some of those very difficult times that sometimes surprise us in life. Yeah, my name is Melissa, and I started to realize I was actually healing. I am happy to say that I get to return to my beloved job on the 9th of of, uh, January, and I'm ready. My intention from before this pregnancy when my husband and I were talking about a baby was to be a working mom. I applaud stay-at-home moms. My husband and I both had stay-at-home moms off and on. Um, I had a, and I had a stay-at-home mom until I was a teenager. Um, and I'm really, really blessed. And I think that they're wonderful and amazing. But that's not my journey. My journey is to show my little boy what a working mom looks like, what a healthy, strong mom looks like. And by God, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Today, I'm happy to say I feel very connected to my baby. Some days... the connection is strong and other days it's not as strong because I'm still healing. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. Um, I still have anxiety. I still worry um, about how I'm going to cook dinner. Sometimes I still worry about certain things, um, but I am feeling better. I am doing better because I am building my self-esteem again by doing the garbage (laughs) and by writing in my journal and by talking about my journey because someday I don't know what I'm going to do something with what I've learned a book a speaking thing I don't know I don't know I'm going to do something with it because I want people to know that that if this happens to you if this happens to you and you're scared and miserable and lonely and hurting and all of the adjectives that you'll survive and it gets better. I remember my mom friends telling me it gets better and I wanted to strangle them like, ah, when, when? Slowly, it gets better slowly because you get better, but you have to want to get better. And I've wanted to get better from the moment I realized I was in trouble. You know, that's one thing that I want to say as I'm listening to, you know, all of your story, it is so clear that you wanted to deal with it and you wanted to get better. And that in itself is huge. That first step of admitting it, I am so proud of you for doing it right away and for not waiting. And, you know, I think that as a first time mom, And, you know, I also had a very small baby because he was only three and a half pounds. And I remember he was was two months early, um, just a little more than two months. And so, you know, having this tiny little baby, that first thought of like, what if I can't do this? What if I can't take care of him? I think that to a certain extent, all new moms have a moment where they say, can I take care of this? Can I really do it? I can't. But what most women who don't experience postpartum depression or any kind of trauma, what they don't understand is that for some women, that's a fleeting thought. 
And for some women, it happens quickly. And then you start just doing something and you're able to work through it quickly. And for others like yourself, it's not a fleeting thought. It's an overwhelming concept. It's, it takes over. Yeah. As you're describing these thoughts and feelings, I'm going to tell you that, I mean, the, the specifics of the thoughts and the situation are different, but Mm -hmm. the feelings that I went through escaping the trauma of a domestic violence situation I feared for my own life and my children's lives on a daily basis. When I found out he was coming to the States, I had a full-blown panic attack and I didn't have medication. I wasn't on anything, but I I will tell you, I panicked. I called everyone. And for me, that was a turning point because that's what it took before I started to really talk to people about it. I was so scared and I I was afraid that if I tell someone what happened to me, they're not going to believe me. Or if I tell them, they're going to say, just get over it. Or, you know, if I start talking about the intensity of the feelings or the intensity of the fears, I was afraid of what reaction I was going to get. And so I kept it in for so long. And when I finally called and I said, I'm scared for my life, I need help. That's when things started to change for me because I finally was admitting it. And I finally was being more open about the intensity of what was going on inside me. Yeah. And, you know, that in itself, it took me a long time. And so, again, I am so proud of you for being able to do it right up front. That's amazing. And, you know, from there, as you shared your story, some of the things that you're talking about, these coping skills is what they are as we're going through the trauma or the depression or the anxiety, these big situations, big feelings, we have to learn how to deal with them the same way a young child learns to deal with their feelings. And if we don't deal with them and we don't process them and Mm -hmm. learn how to cope, then, I mean, it's like a kid who's throwing a tantrum and doesn't know what to do. They don't Mm -hmm. know how to put their feelings somewhere. They don't know what to do with them. And as an adult, we know we can't just lay on the ground kicking and screaming, but we don't know how to handle, (laughs) I feel you there, but (laughs) we don't know how to handle it. Like we know what's socially acceptable and we know what's not. And so because we don't have those skills of dealing with that, we have to learn it and practice it. Like you're talking about and the health element. Oh my gosh. That's a whole other thing. Yeah body is not healthy it doesn't matter how much you try on your coping skills you need to have that element of having your physical body back to a healthy state and that's something else that you know I personally neglected for a long time and I know a lot of people do yep I mean so I want to just say again by listening to your story I over and over was picking out little coping skills that you're mentioning that you're using things like crying crying is a coping skill yes it is it's okay to cry it's good yep. to cry you it get the emotions out afterwards you process it and you do feel better it it yep. releases something in your body that helps you to feel a little better even yes. if your situation doesn't change it helps you cope with the big feelings in the moment things like when you talked about just doing the next step it's easy when you feel overwhelmed to just kind of step back and say, I'm just not going to do it. Right. But if you don't do it, 
you don't see that growth. And as you talk about these different things that, you know, I started here and then I, I went to this next step and the next step, that's you taking action a little bit each day, a little bit each time that it needed to happen. And it is slow and it oh. is painful. Oh, but the progress comes, the growth comes. Yes. It's just a continuous process again and again of taking little baby steps forward. Yeah. hundred percent, you know, and the thing that I remember reading is like, you know, breast is best and you know, all those things. And you need to do this. You need to do that. No, you know what, what my baby needs above all else is a healthy mom. Yeah. Cause he's doing great on formula. He has a warm home. He has a lot of people who love him. He has all the diapers he could fill, but he needs a healthy and happy mom above all else. Yeah. And once I realized how important that really was, that's when my journey took a turn because I could have breastfed him. I, I definitely had a supply. Let me tell you. Okay. But it wasn't what was best for me. Therefore, it wasn't what was best for my baby. And I want women to understand that you, if you don't want to breastfeed or you can't or whatever, there is no shame on giving your baby a bottle, whether it's breast milk or formula. Fed is best, 100%. And that is once I realized that and I embraced it, I also healed. Because letting my milk supply dry up was traumatic. Because I felt like I was taking something from my baby because of all the rhetoric that I had filled my head with. You know, and I think this brings up a really good point too. You know, I did breastfeed my babies. And for me, it was a great journey. It was something that. that helped me connect to my babies. And it helped yeah. me, I mean, honestly, I miss the the connection that I felt during those times. I bet. And for me... It was really good, but there are so many people that it's, that's not their experience. Mm -mm. And you know, what I struggle with when it comes to, you know, the, the promotion, like you're talking about, you know, promoting mm -hmm. breast is best. And I agree that to a certain extent that can be true. Yeah. And I, I actually, I had an oversupply too. And so I ended up donating breast milk to, I think four different babies. And there oh, was one so who she came back to me twice. Oh. And like each time I gave her a pretty good amount of of milk and you know I had one she said that her baby was sick and the doctor actually told her that it would really help this baby if they had breast milk because of the condition that they had. They weren't mm -hmm. responding well to the formulas. And so I was able to give that baby enough of you know what what it needed. That, yeah. that baby actually became much more healthy and then was able to later tolerate the formula better because That's of wonderful. that, that short time, you know, a couple mm -hmm. months of breast milk. And so, you know, there's certain things that, that, you know, certain benefits to it that way, but when it comes to your physical health and when yeah. it comes to the well being of the mom who needs to be healthy to take care of the child, it's completely different. And, you know, I think that that's something too, that people need to think about and realize because had you chosen to, you know, continue to breastfeed at the risk of your own health, yeah, that could have caused more tension and more frustration and more problems yeah. that would yeah. have made your entire healing journey so much harder. 
Yeah. And the, 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 one of the many great things about the bottle feeding for us too, is um, it removed that extra pressure that was causing such deep anxiety and allowed me to heal faster. Yeah. Um, and my doctor was a thousand percent supportive. She goes, I totally support what you're doing. His pediatrician was like, he's great on formula. It's okay. Um, and it has allowed other people like my husband, he gets to have that bonding experience by feeding our baby. The grandparents get to feed, bottle feed. And it allows me, who I'm still healing my mental health, it has allowed me to watch someone else feed and care for my baby, which has been so enriching in beautiful ways for me. But it also allows me to go do a 10-minute meditation or go lay down if it's a grandparent who says, go take a nap. Like my parents, when I go spend time with them during the week, in the afternoon, they're like, you go lay down for a couple hours, a couple hours. <laughs> and we got this. Yeah. When awesome. I started that routine, healing started happening rapidly because I was getting rest. Yeah. You know, and once my little dude stopped waking up every two and a half hours and was more like every five to seven hours, like I that there's real healing that happens in that, you know? And I think that you know, it's so, it's so strange. Like, I don't know the right word to use for this. Maybe when I explain it, you'll be able to come up with the right word, but it's like, after you have a baby is when you need the most rest because you've just physically expelled a human from your body in some fashion, whether it's cesarean or vaginally. And regardless, you need to heal, right? And you need sleep and you need nutrition and you need all of this. And it is the time in your life where you get it the least. Yep. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh my goodness. And so I I am grateful that I was able to speak out, that I wasn't afraid. I'm grateful that I can share my story. Um, and I didn't know how I was going to share my story. Um, and then I saw that you were doing a podcast and you were looking for topics. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I can talk to Danielle, I know she's another mom. She's someone I've known for years. I would feel safe talking to her. That could be the first step in me sharing my journey. And so I'm really grateful that we were able to sit down today and I was able to be so open and honest with you and in a safe place because I, I want my journey to be shared. I want other women to hear, or not just women, other birth people, other uh, partners, husbands, grandparents, friends. I want other people to hear what's going on because sometimes the mom is so scared. They need someone else to say, hey, are you okay? Do you yeah. need help? Do you, do I need to call your doctor? Do I need to, you know, do I need to do something for you? Cause sometimes the women are so scared or the birth person is so scared. They're not able to do that. Well, and not just this being scared, but the, the guilt, Oh, you know, if you yeah. mom guilt in general is so big every time, you know, I make the littlest mistake the amount of mom guilt that I heap yeah. on myself is yes. crazy. And, you know, when you've got this new baby and you're not quite sure what you're supposed to be doing, there's so much guilt because you feel like, oh, it should be like a commercial. You know, I yeah. should just pick up my baby and everything is perfect. And yeah. automatically I know exactly what to do. And, you know, that's great that for some people it's that easy, but if it's not, you know, it's not something to feel guilty about. It's not an intentional, you know, decision. It's, it's something that you just need help with to be able to process. And 
releasing that guilt, I mean, whether it's with a newborn or, you know, whether it's a kid who just fell and scraped their knee or, you know, whatever the situation is, when you have that mom guilt, it's something that adds so much pressure. It makes it hard to be present for your kids. And like you mentioned earlier that you were present for your baby. They need you to be present. They need you Mm -hmm. to have the relationship, to put in the time, to to care for them. Yep. I actually asked my kids, um, because I was doing that episode, I asked them, what's the most important thing that a mom can do? And I think my daughter gave some silly answer, like, give us candy. Yeah. <laughs> and then my son, he said, no, moms love and care for their kids. And that's the best thing they can do. Bless him. And, you know, hearing him say that it was, it was really great. And I, you know, I, I kind of talked to him about it a little bit and he said some really sweet things and I kind of wish I had recorded. Um, but, you know, just listening to that and thinking about it, you know, they don't remember every little thing that, you know, I felt wasn't good enough. They remember what I put into it. And, you know, one story that I think of that really impacted me was last year for New Year's. I had gotten some sparkling water and I had gotten some cotton candy and I put some edible glitter inside and we did the little, you know, cotton candy things in the sparkling water. And so they got to drop them inside and they had pink and blue that were like mixed together. And I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be so pretty. You know, it's pink and blue. It'll make a pretty purple. It ends up being this like muddled gray brown color. You can hardly see the glitter because it muddled the color. You could see it. And, you know, it was still fun and shimmering, but it was nothing like what I pictured. I pictured this perfect, like soft purple color with all the glitter moving like I saw in some video. And so for me, I felt like I just failed my kids, but my kids were so excited what it we just got to put glitter and cotton candy into a drink and like it was a science experiment and yeah. I thought it was literally the coolest thing ever and I had to step back and wait you know I I'm looking at this image of what I thought it should look like and so here I am feeling guilty for not meeting this perfect image and yet they said it was you know the best thing that we had ever done like they were so excited I love that so, you know, I think we have to realize too, as moms, we put so much of that on ourselves. Oh yeah. That mom guilt. Oh my gosh. It just, it can ruin so much. It can. And I, I didn't even realize that's what I was having through a lot of, of my struggle at the beginning here, but it was. And, you know, once I realized that I had to say, well, hello, mom guilt. Goodbye, mom guilt. Like you acknowledge it and then you let it go. Um, that, that was a changing turning point for me. I know it's going to be something that comes up again and again and again. Um, but each time that I'm able to work through it, it, it's building a healthy foundation for me because like I said already in this podcast, the best thing for my son is to have a healthy mom, healthy dad, healthy, you know, people, he it's that that's, what's best, you know, to end our time together. I just, I just want to say that like mental health matters. And that there's a solution. And, you know, um, and that if you're struggling or you're having a hard time, you know, we have the suicide prevention line 988 now. And, you know, I hope people choose to stay. Yeah. Choose to stay. Um, And for those 
you know, moms and birth people that are going through postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, it's not your fault. It's not something you deserved. It's something that happened and you're going to get through it just like I'm getting through it day by day, minute by minute, sometimes second by second, you know, um, you're going to get better. And it's, you know, there's going to be a grieving process. There's going to be all these things that go through that you go through um, and uh, you're going to make it. You just have to choose to stay. Yeah. That's so good. Thank you so much for, for just sharing everything. I think that it will be very helpful for, you know, people who have gone through it or who are, and also people who haven't. And, you know, I'm, I'm very appreciative of the, the feelings that you were able to share and some of those intrusive thoughts, some of the things that frankly, people just don't really talk about. So Mm -hmm. thank you for, for that openness and vulnerability. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing, you know, how much you continue to, to grow and heal through this journey. And, you know, I, I see you working very quickly through that. So, I mean, that's, that's great. Just an encouragement to you. You're doing a really good job. Thank you. I can see it. You know, I can see a level of peace as you talk. And even though it's hard, just knowing that you are doing what you need to do mm-hmm. to continue moving forward. And so yeah. I just want to encourage you in that. Thank you, Danielle. I really appreciated our time together today. Thank you so much for joining us today. Together, we're hope bound. You belong 